All right. Thank you, Pastor Tito. Hey, did those kids do a great job? I tell you what, uh, I was back there. I got a little emotional. I'm a, I'm a crybaby anyway. I'm a mess. I need some help, I think. But I just was imagining uh, what this place looked like when we first got it. This empty, cold warehouse packed with a bunch of stuff and racks and everything. And I, I began praying then, and God gave me a vision of what this place was going to look like, filled with people, and to see 30-plus kids up here singing, it's, just, it's pretty emotional for me. So I just know God's doing some great things. So uh, thank you, uh, parents, for allowing uh, your, your kids to be here uh, for that. Hey, uh, so I just wanted to say, if you're here for the first time this morning, we have a gift for you. We have a, the, uh, this mug in our, uh, at our Welcome Center right outside in our lobby. So before you leave, if this is your first time here, just walk up to that Welcome Center right through those doors and say, hey, it's my first time here. We'll put this in your hands. Got some informa- information about our campus in there as well. But that's just a small gift uh, from us to you to say thank you for being here uh, this morning. And also, if you are here for the first time and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. That's right. Uh, also, if you came prepared to give today, we just want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity. We couldn't do what we do, have the ministries that we do, like our kids program, without your faithfulness and your generosity. So thank you so much for uh, giving back to God through New Life. If you're here for the first time, this is not for you. This is for people who already call uh, New Life Patterson their faith family and their home church. And so uh, if, if you're one of those that's already invested, uh, whether you give online or through the website, uh, maybe you give physically here on the weekend. If you've never done that and you want to do that, we have a giving station uh, located at our exit. You can just drop that in there. But we just want to say however you decide uh, to give back to God through New Life, we just want to say thank you so much for doing that. Also, I wanted to remind you that this is the last weekend to get involved with our community Christmas choir uh, that Tim tuman has been putting together. Tim, raise your hand. And if you want to sing in the community Christmas choir, they're going to be doing a concert at New Hope Church of the Nazarene on uh, Main Street there this Saturday the 17th, this coming Saturday the 17th. And so this will be the last week if you want to get involved in that. So if you want to get involved with that, then go find Tim right after service and, uh, and he'll get you connected. And then finally, uh, before we get, uh, before we go into uh, the message, um, I, I just want to have kind of a pastor heart to heart with you. Uh, the kids did a phenomenal job, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, phenomenal. The workers, the volunteers, the, the leaders that have been working with them for several weeks, when they first came to me, probably a couple of months ago, wasn't it, Anna? Back in October, maybe even before. And they said, hey, we want to do like a, a kind of a kid's concert, you know, for Christmas. I said, absolutely. The only thing is, I have one request. I have to close with, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Because when I see those little kids go, we wish you a Merry I just love that. So uh, my, my conversation to you is this. We are looking to add more volunteers in our, on our kids' team. Uh, some of the volunteers that have been working with Miss Anna have been in, with her since day one. So for four years, they've been faithful in serving kids. So if that's something that you want to be involved with, we just want to let you know we could use you. Even if it's just serving once a month, go see Miss Anna immediately following the service. We want to add about six or eight or more 
uh, volunteers, the more that we have, then, then uh, the, the greater we can stretch out your, the frequency of, of which you serve. But we just want to put that plea out, to there, uh, out there to our church family and say, we need more volunteers. We never want to close rooms, but sometimes Miss Anna has to make adjustments on a Sunday morning uh, to switch some teachers around just to make sure that we're safe, because uh, that is our top priority, that, we, that the kids are safe in there and that we have a good ratio of volunteers and, and kids. So I just want to challenge you, and I want to encourage you, if that's been on your heart, and you say, you know what, I can do one, I can do one Sunday a month or whatever that looks like for your schedule. Go see, don't think about it. Just say, well, let me pray about it. You never have to pray to serve, all right? Let me just tell you that. So if that's been on your heart, let me just encourage you and challenge you that immediately following service, go find Miss Anna and say, hey, I'm interested, and she can begin the process because we got to do a background check. We got to make sure that you're no one fishy, all right? Uh, but we just want to make sure that, that, that we protect our kids at all time. But just to see the kids up here, that's, that's what the parents, you as parents have said, you know, I want, I want to make sure that my kid is involved. I want to make sure that they're, uh, that they're involved in, in following Jesus and our, our volunteers every Sunday morning. I promise you they are loving your kids one step closer to Jesus, which is our mission statement. So I just want to encourage uh, you, want to challenge you. If that's something you want to do, go see Miss Anna immediately following uh, service today. Okay. Hey, we're going to be in the gospel, the book of Luke today, chapter two. If you have your physical Bibles, you can do turn in that. Or if you wanted to look on it uh, with your app or your iPad. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. But before we get there, it's week two of Jeremy's Christmas finds. All right? All right. Do you guys like those last week? Okay. So the first one that we're going to be looking at uh, this, this week, and we know that some of you uh, uh, raise chickens. Anybody have chickens around here? All right. Chickens. Oh, yeah. We got our poultry science person back there. Uh, we love chickens, but guess what? Sometimes they can, get, a, they can uh, get agitated. They begin fighting. So we want to protect our chickens. So we have what's called the chicken helmet. So for just $10.99, you can buy an assorted colors of chicken helmets and protect your kids. Did you hear that, Jenny? You got to protect your chickens, okay? Don't let them hurt each other, all right? All right, the second one is people love nature. People love hummingbirds. You see people all the time. There's TikTok videos of people out. They put a little, that, whatever that is, on their finger to try to get hum, hummingbirds to come and, and, and drink off of their finger. You don't have to do that anymore. Now there's the hummingbird helmet, and you can just wear, wear that. And I promise you won't look dumb at all walking through the city with this helmet on and a bunch of hummingbirds flock to your face uh, if that's something you enjoy. Okay. The next one, you know, sometimes they, the, the knives just aren't big enough. They're just not sharp enough to carve uh, that turkey. So we want you to invest in this and make sure you wear goggles because we want you to be safe. It is the Mighty Carving Knife. That way you can just start going to town and you can just carve that. Well, you can carve the chickens that you put a helmet on uh, earlier. <laughs> Wonder if it'll go through the helmet. It may not. All right, and then the last one that we have for today, this is my favorite. Uh, this is legit. This is a real item. You can order this, and I want to encourage you to order this and buy this for someone that you love, that you think, you know what? Just in case you think Jesus isn't seeing what you're doing in private, he is. This is the I saw that blanket. <laughs> you don't have to put it up on your screen anymore. Now you can actually put this over somebody and say, Jesus is seeing this. Jesus saw that. So look at this. You can get a 30 by 40, a 50 by 60, a 60 by, it's only $40. And uh, why not guilt somebody into their life 
by letting them know that Jesus is watching them at all times, even while they sleep. All right, that's a little creepy. So that's Jeremy's Christmas finds for December the 11th, 2022. Hey, you know, I don't know about you, and I know that we might have some kiddos in here, so I'll be very careful how I uh, tell this story because I don't want to... uh, uh, dismantle anyone's perception of Santa Claus. We did Santa Claus with all four of my kiddos. Uh, I know many of you probably did too. Always took them to Santa. We've got some great pics. Some of them, they're smiling. Some of them, they're crying. Taylor, uh, that girl cried over everything. And so I'm like, how you're sitting with Santa. How can you cry? But we've got some great pictures of all of our kids. And then as we, as, uh, as we had uh, Ella, my, my baby, she's 15 now, but um, we lived in uh, Wisconsin. We lived in Racine, which is uh, a kind of a rough place. You know, it's only a North Hour, Chicago, which can be a pretty rough area. So the mall that they had there was a little shady, you know, if you know what I mean. So the Santa there was a little shady, you know. And so uh, we thought, ah, maybe we won't let Ella sit in Santa, this Santa Claus's lap, you know. And so then I found something I discovered on the internet called, um, it, it, it's called uh, PMP Santa Claus, Portable North Pole. So you go to the website, it's really cool, and Santa Claus is there, and you put the information. Uh, Ella, and she's this year, she's this age, and this is where she lives. And, and then they ask you, did anything great happen this year? Like, oh, she lost three teeth, or she began riding a bike this year. With just little things about your child so they get to know you a little bit better. And then a video is created. Then they send you a link after the video is created. And then you get to watch the link, and then you get to see Santa Claus talk to your child. And they know them. They know their name. They know their age. And they know, you lo- I heard you lost three teeth this year. You began riding a bike this year. And so when I first began doing that with Ella, she was just a little tiny thing. But the look on her face when she opened that link and to see Santa Claus knowing her name and knowing her age and knowing where she lives and just knowing these things about her to be truly known was just super exciting. And to see that look on her face, to see that Santa Claus talking to her and knowing her name was super special for Janet and I. Because to be truly known by someone is something that you can't put a price on. You can't put a numeric value on someone that really knows who you are. To be known by your children or your spouse or a friend is something really special because they see your worth. They see your value. This season is the celebration that Jesus has come. Not that he's coming, but he has come. And here's the thing. Just like the example of Ella and Santa, Jesus knows you. He knows you this morning. Live and in person, he knows you. And it's not just a concept. It's not just an idea. It's not some emotional thing that we just kind of conjure up. Not just good feelings, but love in person. Love in person came down to offer us more than we could ever have imagined. Life and forgiveness, and joy, and peace, and hope. Our theme verse for this entire series is found in John 3, 16, 17. We read it last week. I'll read it again. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world. This is Jesus talking. But to save the world through him, so that everyone who believes can have life. That's the real story of Christmas. That's the real quote-unquote believe that you see this time of year. It's that gift that changed literally everything. 
But I can't help but wonder sometimes what Christmas means to the single mom who's trying to raise the kids by herself, working every day, never seeming to really make ends meet. What does Christmas mean to her? What does Christmas mean to the 80-year-old man who lives in Rwanda, who knows nothing about shopping malls or Christmas trees or tinsel or presents, or the natives in remote parts of the jungles of South America and all around the world whom we've never seen? What does Christmas mean to those people? What does Christmas mean to the guy who's living in east, on the east side of Patterson in a plywood box struggling with addiction? who hasn't spoken to his family in years. For many of us, this is a time of fun and parties. For children, it's a time of impatience, waiting to, as time is seemingly passing by so slowly as they wait for Christmas morning. And it actually breaks my heart a little to see, to see some of us as parents keeping our children so busy that they don't really get to embrace the anticipation of Christmas Eve the way that you and I did growing up. But sometimes... I get the feeling like, I get the feeling that we're people who, uh, who decided to throw a birthday party for a good friend. We sent out the invitations, we decorated, we got the food, we got everything all prepared. Everything came together for the big party, but the very person that we wanted to celebrate never showed up because we realized that we never invited them. We never invited the guest of honor. And I wonder if that happens at Christmas time. Do we go through all the decorating, all the buying of presents, all the preparing of the foods, the elaborate meals, and somehow we forget the true gift of Christmas, the actual focus of Christmas, the one who came to bring us God's greatest love. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. It says this, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Let me just stop right there real quick and just let us know that that phrase, do not fear, don't be afraid, fear not. Did you know that that is in our scripture 365 times? It's not coincidence that God has a fear not for every day of the year. And then it says this, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lined in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The fact that God made this announcement to shepherds helps us to understand the real meaning of Christmas. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Remember our theme for this entire, our big takeaway, our big idea for this entire series is God loves you, so he gave you. And he chose to announce it to shepherds first. Shepherds were at the opposite end of the social strata from kings and the influential people of their day. They lived in fields with their animals. They had no power. They had no prestige. Yet God came to them and said, to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ the Lord. 
In that one simple announcement, God made known some very important truth about his love, about his pure love and a true gift. When I talk about pure love, I mean that it's love that's unfiltered, love that is not tainted, love that is true, love that is holy. Look what John wrote in 1 John 4, 16. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love that he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. You see, his love is his character and his identity. You can't separate those two. You can't separate God from the word love. It's not an add-on, not just something that he works up when he feels like it. He loves us in the deepest, clearest, and purest way ever. So if you're taking notes, you have these you, on your, uh, your programs. You can take notes on the back of that. And this is uh, number one. You can write this down for number one. Pure love came and he knows me. Pure love came and he knows me. First of all, it tells us that no matter how insignificant you may think you are this morning, God knows you. Like I shared in the beginning, that, that look on Ella's face was always so priceless to Janet and I when we would see Santa say her name. This was, it created a, a sense of friendship. In our relationship with Jesus, not only can you say, I know him, but he knows you. He knows your name. Your name has been on his lips 10,000 times. God, God has thought about you all through today, and he thought about you yesterday, and he's going to think about you tomorrow, and he knows all your needs. Psalm 139, 1-4 says this. This is King David talking. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know me when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. God knows. God knows that you have a deep need for a lasting sense of belonging. He knows that about you. He also knows that earthly relationships are extremely fragile. They can be extremely vulnerable and they only meet that certain belonging, a specific belonging need in a very partial way. Our earthly relationships do. And so God says to each of us this Christmas, I know you and you matter to me. And through my son, Jesus Christ, I will make a way for you to belong to me for eternity. Through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, God says, my son will pave the way for people like you to become members of my family, my eternal family, my faith family. And once you're adopted into my family, you will belong to me for, from this life and on into eternity. And nothing and no one will ever be able to break that. God is saying, I love you that much. Look at the Apostle Paul said to the people in Ephesus, chapter 2, verse 19. So now you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Many of us in here who have already surrendered our life to Jesus, we had made Jesus our, our Lord and our personal Savior. We know what it means to belong to God. We know it personally. And it's a very 
powerful feeling. You know, if you've surrendered your life to God, you know that feeling that you have, that intimate relationship that you have with the creator of the universe. You feel like you're home when you have a relationship with Jesus because you belong and you feel like you belong. And that takes us to number two, write this down. Pure love came and I am not forgotten. Pure love came and I am not forgotten. All throughout the Bible, we see God honoring and using people and things that the world overlooks and ignores. And I want to say that again because some, someone needs to hear this this morning. All throughout the Bible, we see God honoring and using people and things that the world often overlooks and ignores. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, this is the Apostle Paul talking, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God deliberately chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose those who are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all. In the Old Testament, there's a story about a young Jewish guy who was sold into slavery, sold by his own blood brothers, and then carted off to Egypt. Yet when God wanted to deliver a very special message to the mighty Pharaoh, it was him, the slave, Pharaoh, or, or Joseph, who was brought up out of the dungeon to interpret this message to the Pharaoh. You see, God often uses the lowly and the despised to show his power. Another story, fast forward to the New Testament, 5,000 men plus women and children, you've heard the story if you grew up in church, stayed late on a hillside one day listening to the teaching of Jesus. There was no food, the people were beginning to get hungry. And then finally they did find some food that belonged to this young boy, five loaves of bread and two fish, but it was enough. It was enough because God took that small amount and he fed the many. And he loves to do that. He loves to demonstrate his power through just ordinary people. We can read it all throughout the Bible. Noah, Rahab, Gideon, Ruth, David, Peter, James, and John, just ordinary people. So when God decided to select a mother for his son, he went past the royalty he went beyond the wealthy and he went to an insignificant village called Nazareth. And he found an insignificant, regular young girl named Mary. And she didn't dress in designer clothes. She was not a princess. She didn't have a sophisticated education, but she was pure. And God selected her to be the mother of his son. So when Jesus comes, he isn't born in the familiar. He isn't born in important surroundings, but rather he's born in a stable, wrapped in strips of cloth, and then laid in a feeding trough. And all of that, by the way, is super foreshadowing the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. When God makes his announcement, it's delivered to shepherds. And it's like Jesus saying in the Sermon on the Mount, if God cares about the sparrows and the flowers, then he cares about you. And so this morning, I just want to say to you that if God cares about lowly shepherds, he cares about you. Regardless of where you find yourself this Christmas, we all need to hear that. 
because we've all experienced those feelings of being rejected. We've all experienced those feelings of being left out. Some of you are sitting in this room right now, sitting in that chair of rejection by your family or your friends, and you think nobody sees you, nobody knows me, and I just want to challenge you and remind you that Jesus knows you and that Jesus sees you. Christmas comes. The light shines, and God says, you matter unto you a Savior is born. That's not just for people 2,000 years ago. Unto you, a Savior is born. Love in its purest form, right here, right now. I imagine those shepherds must have sat around the campfire many, many evenings, wondering if their life was even worthwhile. Wondering, what does it really matter? Is, am I really making a difference by watching these sheep? And maybe we wonder that too. What difference am I making in the world? What difference does it make if I wake up tomorrow morning? What difference does it make if I, if I go to school or if I go to work tomorrow morning? Am I really making a difference at my job? Am I really making a difference as a spouse? Am I really making a difference as a parent? Am I really making a difference in my church or in my community or in my world? It seems like my life is just this endless cycle of things that don't really mean anything. Is my life worth living at all? But when God comes and makes his announcement to shepherds, he's also saying to you, yes, your life matters. What you do matters. Who you are matters. And because I love you so much, and because I see you, your value, and because I see your worth, and because you matter to me, I'm giving you my son as a gift. And that takes us to our last villain for the weekend. Pure love came to bring life. Pure love came to bring life. I wonder if there were people in Bethlehem on that night just kind of walking around saying, hey, man, anything exciting happening lately? Maybe hearing, nah, not, nothing much. Oh, I did hear that there was a woman who came into town late last night with her husband, and they had a, had a baby in Gary's stable over there, you know. But that's it. Nothing really, nothing really exciting happens around here too much, you know. <laughs> Except that baby changed the world. And I want to tell you today that every one of you, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a teacher, a business owner, an employee, whether you're an athlete or a student, retired, whatever you do, Jesus came to bring you love. And Jesus came to bring you life. And his power is available to work through you if you will just trust him and follow him in faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writes this. Dear brothers and sisters, when I first came to you, I love this. I want us all to pay attention to this. When I first came to you, I didn't use lofty words or brilliant ideas to tell you God's message. For I decided to concentrate only on Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. I came to you in weakness, timid, and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. I did not use wise and persuasive spe speeches, but the Holy Spirit was powerful among you. I did this so that you might trust the power of God rather than human wisdom. Here's why I love this so much. Over my years as a pastor, anytime someone comes up to me, specifically on a Sunday morning, they say, Pastor Jeremy, I just wish you were to go deeper. I want you to go deeper with, 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 with what you're studying, with what we're doing. I always tell them, join a life group. 
Because that's what life groups are for. Take my message on the, in the morning and dive deeper into it with other like-minded believers. And then I point them to Paul's message. Because Paul could have went really deep into what he was communicating to people. But instead he says this, my message and my preaching were very plain. Why? So that we would trust the power of God rather than human wisdom. And we would dig a little deeper for ourselves into what God is speaking to us through his spirit. Let me remind you that I am no one special. <laughs> I am just an ordinary guy. I love Jesus. But when I began a relationship with him, there was a dramatic shift on the inside of me. A dramatic shift. Now there were and still is Lots of tweaks that God has been adjusting in my life. All you have to do is talk to my wife and she will tell you, yes, God is still working on Jeremy. But there was something different about that 18-year-old kid when I experienced the true love of Jesus, the true meaning of our relationship. And today that might be you. You're just a regular, ordinary person. But just like me, something extraordinary happens when you meet Jesus. Some of you need to hear this. When you have a genuine, authentic encounter with Jesus, your life is supposed to be different. Not only will you not be the same, you'll not want to be the same. Because Jesus does indeed love you exactly the way that you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you there. Culture has invaded our churches a little too much when we have faith leaders who say, Jesus accepts you exactly the way you are. That is not true. Because if he loves us, if he accepts you exactly the way that you are, then there's no need for transformation. There's no need for repentance. There's no need for forgiveness because Jesus just accepts you the way that you are. He loves you exactly the way you are. But he expects us to be different. He expects us to change, to change in our behavior, to change in our thinking, to change in our attitude, to change in our perspective, the way that we look at ourselves, the way that we look other, at others, the way that we love and treat others. There's supposed to be a transformation that occurs in our life once we begin to follow Jesus. He loves us exactly the way we are, but he loves us way too much to leave us there. 2,000 years ago, Jesus chose 12 ordinary people, fishermen, tax collectors. Man, they, they really, in the world's eyes, they had nothing going for them. 12 ordinary guys. They weren't spiritual leaders. They weren't attending a life group. They weren't, giving, they, they weren't doing all the things that we think that they should have been doing for Jesus to say, you, 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 and you. You 12, come follow me because you are exceptional. Just ordinary people like us. But when they began to walk with Jesus, things changed. When they had an encounter with Jesus, they changed. When they committed their lives to him, the world changed, and the world ex is still experiencing change through Jesus, through those 12 disciples, and through us. And this Christmas could be the season. 
Christmas of 2022 could be your season where you finally begin following Jesus for the first time. Maybe you've drifted away over the last few months, over the last few years, and you think, I need to really re-engage in my relationship with Jesus. What an amazing testimony to be able to look back and say, this is when I did it. The one who comes to be a counselor and a guide that leaves us speechless. The one who came to be the perfect gift of pure love right here, right now, live and in person. It's not just a thought 2,000 years ago, but it's something we can still experience today. Let me read John 3, 16 and 17 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Jesus is saying, God did not send me to condemn the world, but to save it. All you have to do is follow me. Let's pray. Will you bow your heads? Jesus, thank you for love in its purest form. That's you. Thank you, Father, for sending your love in its purest form through your son, Jesus. Thank you for transformation. Thank you for our lives that are changed, Lord, that when we get close to you, when we make that decision to follow you, Lord, that there's something different that happens on the inside of us. Lord, we think differently. We talk differently. Lord, we interact with people differently. Our attitude should be different. Our behavior should be different. Because, Lord, you're, you've called us to be different. You demand us to be different. And so, Father, we just lean in on you today. Lord, I just pray for all of those in here, Lord who have maybe never accepted you as their Savior, Lord, I pray that they are making that prayer right now. It's super simple, just inviting you into their life, forgiving them of their sin. And Father, maybe those that who have, have drifted away from you, Lord, who have doubts about you, which is totally fine, Lord, but Father, we just pray, God, that everyone in here, Lord, will begin to pursue you, to seek you, to find you, Lord, that you can begin a, a real, genuine, authentic relationship with them and remind them, Lord, that you see them, that you know them. Lord, no matter how insignificant we see ourselves, Lord, we matter to you. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us exactly the way that we are, but then challenging us to be different. What a great and mighty God you are. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. I know the kids love seeing mom and dad out there with your cameras on, recording them. They can watch it back later. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all those of you who came here for the first time. Don't forget, before you leave, we have a gift for you. Go to our Welcome Center. Just let them know it's your first time here and that you would, uh, would, would like the gift that we have for you. Also, don't forget, we have two more uh, uh, services this week. We are having service on Christmas Day. Okay, we are having services. It's going to be a very abbreviated service, a couple of songs, a shortened message, and then we're all going to light candles and sing Silent Night at the end. So it's a special day. We want to see you there. And also, don't forget that on the 25th and the 1st, we do not have 
kids classes. So we have family style service on the 25th of January 1st. But thank you so much for being here. If you want to help out in kids, make sure you run to Miss Anna. Let her know right now. Get signed up uh, because I know that she could use you in there. Hey, we love you guys. Have an amazing week. We will see you back here next Sunday. God bless. We love you.